26. Hey, Tyler, how are you, man? We back. We're back. We back. Back, bigger than ever, talking about scams, talking about cheaters, talking about, you know, just people trying to get one over on one another. Um, so speaking about all that, how was your day? <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was an absolute delight, Eric. An absolute delight. I, I, how was yours? Uh, you know what, man? I got rained out today. Um, it was it was not bad. It was not bad. I got rained out today. I got to hang out with my cat today. Uh, you know what? Days like that, I never know if it's a good thing or a bad thing to spend that much time with your cat because then they get extra needy. You know what I mean? And like right now, literally, he's he's sitting between my back and the back of the chair. So oh, man, I, I don't imagine what it's gonna be like when you have a child. Yeah, right. Too much of a good thing. Exactly. Yeah, too much bonding. It's gonna fuck that kid up. <laughs> um. The last episode, we left on a cliffhanger, Tyler. Episode 25, we left with the big question, was Chris Hansen the guy that got stabbed? Um, mm-hmm. I did some research. Um, and and just a fair warning to everyone, uh, Boots is now on the move. So if he starts yelling or anything like that, I'll do my best to take care of it. But he's just wild today. I don't know what's going on with him today. But uh, here we go. So um, the show was a show called Cheaters. Um, mm. the gentleman was not Chris Hansen. It was a guy named Joey Greco, G R E C O. Do you know? Who, yeah. Do you know who he is, Tyler? No, but that's a great name. That sounds like a like a L.A. private detective name. Yeah, right, Joey Greco. Um, Joey so Greco. Yeah. Let me paint the picture for you. Uh, it was in early 2003. Greco was allegedly stabbed by a cheating boyfriend with the ch- when the show Cheaters uh, boarded the man's boat. However, on November 3rd, 2009, the news magazine program Inside Edition interviewed the female companion who said it was all staged. Greco was confronted a week later by the program's investigative reporter, Matt Meager, and Greco declined to answer any of Meager's questions, stating that he could could not legally comment on the accusation. John Ellison of the Rolette Police Department stated in the same program there were no arrests at all during the time period for that crime. Uh, in 2005, Greco cheaters, dire- uh, Greco cheaters director at the time, Hunter Carson, and two security guards were indicted for assault but acquitted by a grand jury in connection with the confrontations on the program. So I remember seeing it. Yikes. Um, Tyler, are shows like that fake? They seem fake. I, I don't know. I guess, Well, you know, I guess that's kind of what this episode is about, right? Are these uh, so-called reality shows real or not? Right, kind of yeah. that today. Absolutely, yeah. In the grand grand scheme of things, that's true. But I just always wonder, like you know, like you see, you, have you ever heard of that show before? The show Cheaters. Oh, of course, it, it airs whenever a station doesn't have anything else to air. <laughs> I, you know, I heard a rumor that they do um, those old, old, old uh, gold bond commercials with Shaq. I heard they air that when they when they need to like um, squeeze in an extra commercial. Is there truth to things like that? Oh, I guess. I mean, it's always, I mean, commercials are just time, are literally time fillers. So, right. I mean, it could very well be. Okay. Because it's always like, you know, it's it's that commercial from like freaking 1990 when he was like, you know, a young man in the Lakers and it's, <laughs> it's Shaq doing Gold Bond. I'm like, this is weird, man. Like, they're still showing it after this many years. Well, how many years have they been showing the same Cadbury egg commercial? That's I mean, that was all, all those animals are way dead by now. Yeah, that's true. I mean, true. we probably ate some of them at this point. 
<laughs> you you know which commercial really stood the test of time, dude? Like, and and also this is a fun fact. Like, this actor got paid stupid amount of money. Um, you know that we wish you a Merry Christmas with the Hershey Kisses. Yeah, where they where they all play like a bell, and then in the end, one of the Hershey Kisses like is wiping his brow, and he's like like that. Yeah, the guy who made that noise is like very, very, very um, uh, well compensated for making that noise in that commercial. And they really? play it, yeah, and they play it every year during Christmas, and like that guy like lives off off of that money, man. Like it's it's ridiculous. Wow. Yeah. So there, there <laughs> there's your that kiss money. There, yeah, exactly. That he's he's truly like Gene Simmons, you know, in his own right. Uh, <laughs> so. <laughs> So enough about the tangents. Let's get right into it. Uh, we have an episode full of scams, full of cheaters, full of did it or didn't it happen. Um, I wanted to get us started off right away with a Ponzi scheme. What is a Ponzi scheme? Uh, Ponzi scheme is a form of fraud that lures investors and pays profits to earlier investors with funds from more recent investors. The scheme leads victims to believe that profits are coming from legitimate business activity and they remain unaware that other investors are the source of the funds. A Ponzi scheme can be can maintain the illusion of a sustainable business as long as new investors contribute new funds, and as long as most of the investors do not demand full repayment and still believe in the non-existent assets they are purported to own. Um, digging a little bit deeper, uh, some of the first recorded incidents to meet the modern definition of a Ponzi scheme were carried out from 1869 to 1872. So they've been doing this forever. And that's just, you know, what was recorded. Um, wow. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Right. So 1869 to 1872 by Adele Spitz, Spitzetter in Germany and by Sarah Howe in the United States in the 1880s through the ladies deposit, which sounds like a movie we used to sell. Um, the ladies deposit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <so laughs> uh, Sarah Howe offered a solely female clientele an 8% monthly interest rate and then stole money that women had invested. She was eventually discovered and served three years in prison. The Ponzi scheme was also previously described in novels Charles Dickens' 1844 novel Martin Shuzzlewit and his 1857 novel Little Dorrit. Both feature such a scheme. Um, this is this is where it gets interesting here. In nineteen in the nineteen twenties, Charles Ponzi carried out a scheme and became so well known throughout the United States because of the huge amount of money that it took in. His original scheme was based on legitimate arbitrage of international reply coupons for postage stamps, but he soon began diverting new uh, new investors' money to make payments to earlier investors and to himself. Unlike earlier similar schemes, Ponzi gained considerable press coverage both within the United States and internationally, uh, both while it was being perpetuated and after it collapsed. This notoriety eventually led to the type of scheme being named after him. Um, so that that's in a nutshell. Uh, I had to do this honorable mention. You already know where I'm going with this, Tyler. Honorable mention to Mr. Bernard Madoff, a.k.a. Bernie Madoff. Yeah. Honorable. Honor, very honorable. Uh, he ran the largest Ponzi scheme in history. Do you know how much he got, Tyler? It was in the billions, wasn't it? $65 billion scam scam encompassing thousands of investors that was uncovered in 2008. Madoff is serving a 150-year sentence in a federal prison. Recently said he was dying from terminal kidney disease and asked the judge for, to grant him early release, which was denied. 
I had to give an honorable yeah. mention to Mr. Bernie Madoff because that that's just wild, man. There, um, yeah, there's. I'm sorry, sixty five billion dollars, dude. You're not getting an early release. Yeah, yeah. You're lucky you didn't get an extra seventy five just for asking. <laughs> yeah, the audacity. You know, how come they don't add on? You know, yeah. audacity years. Um, yeah. I, I had to mention him. Uh, there's been movies made about things like this. There's been, you know, all kinds of. I mean, Ponzi's, Great De Niro movie with him about, about Madoff. Him. Yeah. Which one is that? That was the HBO one, I think. I, Michelle Pfeiffer played his wife. Okay. I think they just took the cast from the family and just made the Madoff movie with it. <laughs> I'm looking it up right now. You know, I'm, I think I'm like one of the few people in the world that actually liked that movie, The Family. I, I, I liked it, man. I don't know why everyone hates it. Yeah, it was called The Wizard of Lies. You know, I see... I I, I don't know if this is geeky or not, but I... Uh, it down. I, I'm, I'm part of a De Niro fan picture thing on one of the social medias. And right now they're going through a whole family picture cycle. So that's all I'm fucking seeing is family, family. <laughs> it's coming out of your ears already, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, Wizard of Lies is a good about... one. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Wizard of Lies. I wrote, I wrote that one down. Um, I'm thinking where to go from here, Tyler, because from there, I think it's, it's right to go into scam emails or... I have a lot, a lot, a lot about sports. I have the top 10, you know, craziest in sports, but I think email sounds more right just, you know, for the flow of things. What do you think? I think we get those daily. I think that's the way to go. So everyone's heard of those uh, scams, you know, where like a Nigerian prince will send you um, something like, hey, uh, I need a little bit of money for an advance because I'm, you know, I have this huge inheritance coming in. And, uh, you know, if you can forward me, if you can front me a little bit of cash, you know, as soon as the money frees up, I will, you know, repay you with dividends beyond your wildest dreams. We're going to live large. It's it's a scam that's gotten so many over the years. Um, you've gotten those before, right, Tyler? Oh, yeah, the, the spam box overflowing. Every day, dude, it seems like every day I get that email where it's uh, um, an inheritance have, has been left in your name. Or some some kind of bullshit like that. Uh, you know what I'm talking about, right? <laughs> yeah. Who passed on today? Yeah. Right. Like your great uncle passed on, and you know an inheritance has been left in your name. We just need your bank account to wire the money over to you, which is it's probably literally he's probably literally named Uncle Passed On. <laughs> that that should be what what it's called. But what that whole yeah. uh, series of emails is called is it's called an advance fee scam. And it's a form of fraud and one of the most common types of confidence tricks. This scam typically involves promising the victim a significant share of a large sum of money in return for a small upfront payment, which the fraudster claims will be used to obtain the large sum. If a victim makes a payment, the fraudster either invests a series of further fees for the victim or simply disappears, which I think is what happens, you know, nine out of 10 times. Um, the Federal Bureau of Investigation, the FBI, states that an advance fee scheme occurs when the victim pay, pays money to someone in anticipation of receiving something of greater value, such as a loan, contract, investment, or a gift, and then receives little to nothing in return. Um, there are many variations of this type of scam, including the Nigerian Prince scam. They already have like their own folder, dude. Uh, <laughs> it's also, yeah, also known as a 419 scam, 419 scam. Uh, both terms have been argued to contribute to racism against Africans, particularly particularly the scam-baiting country. The number 419 refers to the section of the Nigerian criminal code dealing with fraud. So they're, they're aware, dude. They know this is happening. 
Um, yeah. The charges and penalties for offenders dealing with fraud, the charges. Oh, uh, yeah, that's the end of that sentence. Um, the scam has been used with fax and traditional <laughs> mail. This is old, man. Was this is old. The tip off. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine getting a uh, you know a carrier pigeon like, hey, uh, whoever gets this, um, I'm your uncle and I'm going to pass away. So just you know, forward me like ten bucks and you know we'll go on from there. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> so the scam has been used with uh, fax and traditional mail and is now prevalent in online communications like emails. Other nations known to have a high confidence advance fee fraud include the Ivory Coast, Togo, which I did never heard of, South Africa, the Netherlands, Spain, Poland, and Jamaica. Um, I just wanted to add two more things about this. This is Poland? Poland, yeah. Poland and Jamaica. I've never heard of um, Poland this, being involved in that. I, I, the Netherlands, I never heard of either. And Spain also. But this thing is still this thing is still going, dude. The Nigerian Prince email scam is perhaps one of the longest running internet frauds. Um, actress Anne Hathaway even joked about it in her monologue uh, on SNL over a decade ago. Um, let me see. So it's also called the Nigerian letter scams or foreign money exchanges. Uh, these typically start with an email from someone overseas who claims to be royalty. The fraudsters lure you in by offering a share of a huge investment opportunity or a fortune they can't get out of the country without your help. Um, then they ask you either for your bank account number so they can transfer the money to you for safekeeping or for a small advance payment to help cover the expense of transferring the money. And that's when they take your money and disappear or worse, drink your bank account. Uh, Americans lost $703,000 to these types of frauds in the last year. Um, yeah, according to a new report by ADT Security Services, using data from the BBB scam tracker, as long as these types of scams keep working, people will continue using them. That's what they say. So over the past three years, ADT calculated that the Nigerian-style scam letters uh, average victim is $2,133. So, oh, my God. Yeah, that's a lot. There's, there, there was a lot to say. I'm sorry if it sounded like I was like a you know, rambling madman, but there was – there's just madness. It just doesn't fucking end, you know? And as, as I was researching it, there's more and more and more of it. I mean, um, that's, that could be like all a person has in the world. So a lot you of know, their, that's terrible. It's, it is terrible, dude. And a lot of their victims, they say are the elderly because they don't, they don't really, they don't really do the research. You know, like if you got an email like that, you'd be like, that's bullshit. But then they get an email like that and they're like, you know, this might be a good opportunity. So yeah. a lot, a lot of people have gotten fucked like that. So keep keep your eyes open, people. Don't elder, get do not give the elderly any technology. It's, <laughs> it's nothing but trouble. Yeah, it's just phone calls, how to take pictures, and telling them not to email royalty. <laughs> oh, speaking of of royalty scams coming to America, coming to America, number two uh, scam. It's terrible. Did you you didn't like it? I, I couldn't I couldn't get through 45 minutes. Turned it right off. Why? It was terrible. I saw did you, it. I, did you watch it? I watched it. I thought it was okay. There is everyone is saying it's not as That's, good as the first. Listen. It's not the same. It's not even the same humor of of the original. It's a it's very not. watered down movie. It it is, but listen, when you wait 30 years to make a sequel of a movie, I mean that's what happens. That's just what happens. Yeah, I mean, they they brought back the the integral characters, all of the ones who are still alive. 
Um, obviously, the queen Which passed on. No, the the queen passed away. Oh, she died. Yeah, she oh. she died only a few years after they filmed the very first movie. She had some kind of uh, oh. some kind of cancer or something. But they they brought back you know all the integral characters. Um, I I don't know. I thought it was fun, man. I thought it was a fun way to spend a Friday. I don't know. It was it was a cool night for me. I'm not gonna lie. I was on edibles and I didn't laugh once. So that tells you something. <laughs> that does tell you something. Yeah, that's that's usually when you become Mr. Giggles. So if if that didn't get you, I just want. Why can't we just have Eddie Murphy back? Like like good old Eddie Murphy. Why why just put him in the leather suit, do some stand up on stage, and go home? Like he's perfect. Just let him go. <laughs> why he shouldn't have to do sequels to movies that are thirty five years old? Listen, he did an interview recently, and he said that he doesn't want to work hard anymore. Straight up, like straight up. He said, you know what? I'm a millionaire. I'm re- I'm just about retired. I have no reason to to put on my thinking cap and, and bust my ass. So, you know, I think he did us all a favor by giving us this movie. But wait, Dol- he, Dolomite was great last year. And then, uh, I don't know. Beverly Hills Cop 4 is coming. I don't want that anymore. Is he going to be involved Whatever. in that? Yeah. He's, got, he's coming back as Achmel Ach- Moli. However <laughs> Serge says it. I just want them to bring back the TV show, the PJs. That's fu- yeah. Bring back the PJs. That's yes. That's welcome. I swear to God, if there's a sequel to Pluto Nash next, I'm I'm just jumping off a building. <laughs> that's it. Uh, speaking Whatever. of jumping, I'm off sorry. We went off on a tangent. Yeah, yeah. Speaking of jumping off a building, Tyler, um, there's been a lot on TV and media and things like that about cheaters in history, some great scams that have happened, some people that ripped off the the man, as they as they say, in a big way. Tyler, what do you, what can you tell us about all that? Well, I'm not going to lie to you. My internet cut out for a second, so I didn't catch what you just asked me. <laughs> really? <laughs> um, <Yeah>. Okay. <laughs> So what what can you tell us about about you know scams and cheaters and people getting ripped off and and you know trying to pull a, a fast one on you know game shows on TV if there's any good movies about ah, it? Yes. yes. So we got uh, uh, wonderful game show scams. Uh, there's three main game shows that all were in the 1950s, and what's interesting is reading into it. This kind of killed off like the like a contestant Q and A. Uh, kind of game show period i mean still today there's not a whole lot of them um but the first the main one is a show called 21 um which was featured in the movie uh quiz show from 93 i think you're a fan of that one um okay the show ran from uh 56 to 58 and it originally aired uh basically with two contestants uh in isolated booths answering questions um and their initial episode um, they went through completely honest, but their sponsor, Geritol, um, said, uh, this is terrible. This is boring. Uh, spice it up, whatever you can. <laughs> and so what ended up happening with the producers is it everything became so choreographed and scripted down to answers, down to, um, you know, the way hairstyles were, clothes were, um, and really directing these people as if they were actors. Uh, which is nuts. And so the most uh, the the most highly publicized episode had to do with uh, the contestant uh, Van Doren. What's his first name? Charles Van Doren? Charles Van Doren. And uh, let me see what I have written here. Uh, so basically, he uh, was told to say one. The, the, excuse me. The 
question was, what is the best picture for this whatever year? He knew what it was. They told him to say something different. Um, uh, sense and disrupt by outcome. So he he decided to give the correct answer rather than the wrong one, which he was instructed. Oh, shit, man. He, he didn't take the fall. No, he did not take the fall. Um, and he stayed uh, within the game enough and earned enough points to tie Van Doren's score. Actually, forgive me, I think it was the other person, the other way around, the other contestant. I'm sorry, this is now turning into a mishmash of words. <laughs> it is. <laughs> I think it was his competitor who was supposed to do the the latter. And he uh, went neck and neck with Van Doren. Pardon me. He, he just didn't want to take, he didn't want to take the dive? Didn't want to take the dive. Wasn't going to take it. Okay. Uh, and I'm just going to read about the next game show to make it safer and less confusing. Uh, <laughs> the next game show was Dotto. And uh, what this was was two contestants. I've never heard of this one. Um, two contestants, one a returning champion, uh, competed in each episode. Uh, the object of the game was to identify the subject of an incomplete portrait drawing, which was accomplished by answering questions and connecting the dots. This sounds like a f- just a wonderful early television game. Yeah. Um, uh, the downfall began with a backstage discovery in 1958. A notebook belonging to a contestant and later journalist was found by a standby contestant who realized that the notebook included questions and answers to be used during Wynn's appearances, one of which was against a woman named... Uh, I'm not even going to attempt this. Uh, he tore out of the, relevant, uh, the relevant pages of the notebook for himself. Hilgemeyer then told Kimball after her onstage loss that her competitor had been given the answers in advance. Uh, it was later reported that Dotto's producers had, had paid $1,500 for this uh, contestant to keep quiet about the discovery. Um, uh, da, 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 da. Meanwhile, the show became a, uh, a grew in popularity actually, and became the highest rated daytime show on the air. Even after uh, being the called third, out? Even after being called out. And I have little epilogue paragraphs of, of each of these people that I want to get through after mm-hmm. this final game show. Um, yeah, yeah. Trying to make it a little more dramatic. Uh, <laughs> now, the third one is the big surprise. Uh, and is uh, the contestants who had uh, performed an act of, act of heroism or generosity were accompanied by quote-unquote reporters who explained why that contestant should be chosen. The contestant then had to answer questions about his or uh, her family, friends, hometown hobbies, etc. Questions started value at $1 and increased up to $100,000. Let's skip ahead here. Uh, In late 1956, a contestant on The Big Surprise filed a lawsuit against the show seeking $103,000 in monetary damages or reinstatement on the show as a contestant. Her claim was that after being asked a question, she did not know, uh, after being asked a question she did not know in her warm-up session before the show, she was asked the very same question again during the televised show. Her her assertion was that this was done intentionally with the express purpose of eliminating her as a contestant. At the time of the lawsuit, Steve Carlin, yeah, Steve Carlin, an executive producer of Entertainment Productions, uh, called the claim ridiculous and hopeless. That's pretty bold to say to someone. (laughs) Just outright in the paper. (laughs) Ridiculous and hopeless. (laughs) That's the 50s, folks. Yeah. They told it to you. Yeah, no snowflakes back then. You took it like a man. Yep. <laughs> um, 
where's the big surprise? Okay, so a uh, little epilogue here. Lenny Ross, who was at age 10, won a combined $164,000 on the big surprise and the $64,000 challenge. He suffered a major mental he suffered major mental health health issues including depression and attention deficit disorder which limited his ability to work as an author and attorney in adulthood. Most of his work was completed by co-authors after an unsuccessful singulotomy. Uh, If any of you know what that means at home, please write to us. Ross committed suicide in 1985 (laughs) at the age of 39. Now, uh, our contestant, yeah, so uh, Marie Wins, uh, who was the... uh, that was the notebook that was found, belonged to her, whose notebook triggered the Dotto's, Dotto's uh, exposure and subsequent demise, eventually became a journalist whose books included The Plug-In, the Plug-in Drug, a scathing critique on television's influence over children. Uh, so she came out okay. She, <laughs> she's the winner at this <laughs> point. Uh, Charles yeah. Van Doren from uh, the 21, who had become a regular on NBC's The Today Show, lost his job in the television industry. He was also forced to resign his professorship at Columbia University. Uh, he took a job wow. as an editor at, Encyclo- at Encyclopedia Britannica and continued working as an editor and writer until his retirement in 1982. He has refused requests for interviews for more than three decades. However, in 2008, Van Dorn broke his silence, describing his quiz show experience in an essay-length memoir published in The New Yorker. Van Dorn died on April 9th, 2019. So not too not too long ago. Yeah, that just happened um, then. Yeah, so to follow that up, uh, in more of a recent game show, possible game show scandal was on The Price is Right. Uh, the Drew Carey... Mm. Was this the Drew... Yeah, this was the Drew Carey era. Um, so a man named Terry uh, Nice, I think I'm saying that right, um, holds the record for the closest bid on a showcase without going over. Um, he correctly uh, guessed the amount of twenty three thousand seven hundred and forty three dollars. So that's you know that's pretty specific. I don't think any of us could yeah. just come up with that number. Yeah, um, right. So he was absolutely uh, shocked how great uh, of an uh, shocked how amazing of an answer that was. Um, he had he eventually proved that he came up with it because he used the. Uh, a pin based on his wedding date and uh, his wife's birth month, which was the 743 at the end. Um, Mm -hmm. As a little aside to that, his wife got really pissed off that he did that because now they had to change all of their bank pins. Um, (laughs) So the, yeah, so, uh, but uh, another uh, former contestant and uh, audience member was someone named Ted Slauson, who says that he was actually kind of responsible for Terry's amazing guest because they had sat next to each other at one point in the audience. And uh, Ted was, you know, sort of just, you know, as they do shouting off answers to the audience. Yeah. And that guy was a super fan. That influenced him. He was a super fan. Yeah. They both were, they both were. Um, So as this went on uh, after niece's show, Slauson, uh, who was recognized by many of the Price is Right staff, actually moved him to a part of the studio for the next show to where any contestant could not hear or see him. And he claims that he was flat out uh, banned from the uh, Bob... um, What's the former host name? Bob... um, Bob Barker. He got his ass... 
Bob Barker. Yeah, he got his ass kicked by Adam Sandler. Almost. Um, <laughs> that he was actually banned from that soundstage. It's a whole, it's a whole nonsense that the whole paranoia of that, you know, stemmed out of those 50 shows. There's a great uh, documentary on Hulu about it. If you want to know more, it goes into all the specifics. It's great. I wish I had that I, title for you too. Forgot to put that yeah. in. I saw it. It's, it's actually really good. It's really interesting. That guy's crazy. He's not just a super fan. Like, you know, he was playing like the, the windows version of the prices, right? And he just memorized all of the, the dollar amounts. They were saying, I believe it was Slauson, um, not Terry Nice, but Slauson, who had actually taped every show. And in the early yes. 2000s, before all of this stuff was easily accessible, was actually taking screen grabs from his VHSs and put them on his computer to use as flashcards. Like, that's how yeah. dedicated he was at that time. Yeah, yeah. Just yeah, I insane. remember seeing that. that Just guy's insane. Nuts. Yeah. Yeah, all um, these people are nuts. The Price is Right contestants well, well, are nuts. You've seen them on, on the TV. Oh I think God. they want them to be as wacky as possible, though, right? Like, don't they tell them come over here and make a fool of yourself? Like, isn't that isn't that part of it? Yeah, but it's like they've all taken an adrenaline shot right to the chest. <laughs> it's like how how is just no one just fallen over from like a stroke? It's, it's pretty impressive. Yeah, there's been yeah, absolutely. They they really do go up there and go absolutely bananas. Um, while we're on the topic of it, Tyler, just real quick, I wanted to ask you: Are those so again, asking if those shows are real or fake, like shows like that are game shows for the most part, they're, they are real, right? Oh yes. Yeah. By, by, I mean, by law, they have to be like wheel so of fortune now, of and jeopardy, things like that. Right. Oh yes. Oh yeah. 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 What about yeah, what after about, the 1950s? There was a lot of, a lot of pressure on game shows after that. It's that, I mean, they, these are competitions. It's like sports being rigged. You know, it's, it's yeah. a, it's a competition. Right, right. What about like shows like um like Lost and stuff like that? Are those are those real? Lost? Yeah. You mean Survivor? Survivor, Survivor, I'm sorry. Uh yeah, well Lost was definitely scripted. Not uh, <laughs> not very well by the end of it. Um yeah, no, Survivor I I believe Survivor does count as a game show. I mean, I think with those they can sort of like i like other reality shows like the kardashians and uh housewives all that stuff they can the producers i think can create scenarios okay um but i it's kind of but it is to rile up the contestants but they just can't direct those contestants or or i guess talent in the kardashian era tell them how to act and when you said talent you were doing air quotes right Oh, sorry. Yeah, I, I guess you couldn't hear the bones cracking in my fingers. Yes. <laughs> okay, and then last one. Last one in regards to that. So a show like a show like um, Hell's Kitchen. Does Gordon Ramsay yeah. really pick A to Z, or or do producers pick? Hey, leave this guy on. Hey, this person's gonna win. Hey, cut that. Cut that girl. You know, like does is that real? I. I want to think that because unfortunately, yes, they do have to keep you hooked for the next episode. Right. I, I I think I would hope Gordon Ramsay is speaking with the producers and they are together making this call. Mm-hmm. Um, where the hell was I going with this? But I think, yes, I think every once in a while, someone may be unfairly uh, eliminated 
because it creates better television. I'm not saying it's true. It's it's I it that it's not true. I'm that's just right. what I think. Okay. Um, but it is. But yeah, his I mean, they you do. It is his production company. I mean, in the end, I mean, it is a job working for him as, you know, Chef Christina still works for him. Uh, the blue haired guy works. For right. Him. But I, I, I know for Smurf. I know and you do, too, that Smurf Smurf. Yeah, that uh, I think contestants, I kind of are encouraged to take the payout because in the end, the, the, it's kind of Ramsey's reputation on the line, you know, working in his restaurant, yeah. having such a a huge job like that out of the gate. So I, I think that's a part of right. it too. Like win, and we'll just give you your 125,000, whatever the hell they're offering. Yeah. Right. Right. Okay. Well, that makes sense. I just, you know, I always want to clear things like that up. I always wonder. It's very complicated. <laughs> well, that's why we, and I like to think to, it's all fair. I do too. I always want to think I'm really watching something real. Um, yeah. So speaking of, you know, calling it maybe earlier, calling it down the line, um, there's a lot of there's a lot of sport uh, cheaters and scammers in history um, going way, way back, going, you know, as currently as as the World Series, you know, just a few years ago where the Astros, you know, cheated to to, you know, take out the Dodgers. Um, I wanted to go over a few. What of was those. that? I, I don't even know that one. What is that? Is this we'll a World Series it. thing? Yes. Oh, okay. Yes, we'll get to it. Um, the first one I wanted to talk about was the Black Sox scandal. Have you ever heard of that? No. So you're gonna this, get no for a lot of these. Oh, no, that's fine. That's fine. We're two guys who know nothing about sports. Um, the Lakers wear a yellow jersey, <laughs> as far as we know, and that's that's basically it, right, Tyler? I thought that was it. That's the only team, right? Ever? Yeah. It's yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. That's all. That's the only one. They that just matters. play like horse on the court. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So the first one we're going to talk about is the Black Sox scandal. Um, this baseball scandal, known simply as the Black Sox scandal, took place during the 1919 World Series, where the White Sox were playing against the Cincinnati Reds. Um, it featured eight players banned for life from the MLB, which is uh, Major League Baseball, for purposely losing games during the World Series to benefit, uh, um, with the benefit of large amounts of money. Arnold Chick Gandel orchestrated the throwing of the games, and it was he who was convinced his teammates to take the money as well. The scandal uh, is the story behind a fantastic movie, Eight Men Out, and is still a common topic when discussing right of Shoeless Joe Jackson, a player with the White Sox at the time whose involvement was widely disputed to be in the Hall of Fame. So this was this was massive, dude. They, these eight players just came together and they said, hey, we're going to lose on purpose so yeah they've done like parodies of this before where like uh, uh you know they're in a baseball field and like the the ball will roll to one of the guys and he'll just let it go right between his legs or like pick it up and throw it like backwards instead of forwards they've they've done a lot of parodies right. like that before so that is the black Sox scandal of 1919 um moving right along uh nelson piquet jr crash also known as Crash Gate, which it's really annoying that everything has gate ever since Watergate. Um, yeah. So, yeah, Crash Gate was Nelson Piquet Jr.'s crash didn't become scandalous until a while after it occurred. In a race in 2008, Piquet, 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 geez, why can't I say it, had somewhat of a large crash with an opponent. It didn't seem like such a big deal because in Formula One, 
crashes were anything but a rarity. However, a while later, after Nelson pulled out of his team, allegations surfaced that the crash was on purpose, solely for the purpose to get Fernando Alonso a victory in the race. Nelson came out and spoke to the FIA and claimed that indeed he had been asked by the coach to stage the crash. The case was intense for a while with lots of charges from the team against Piquet and vice versa. Since then, though, it has simmered down and now Nelson is a certified NASCAR racer. So he left F1, Formula One, and became a NASCAR driver. So no no big deal on that one. Yeah, I, I <laughs> yeah. That's that's a story that ended ended, I guess, well. Um this one Even, I guess. Yeah, this one, there's many, many, many movies about it. Uh Tyler, you probably know all of them. And that is Harding Attacks Kerrigan. Do you do you already know what this oh, is? Oh yay. Yay. Yeah. <laughs> So this is perhaps one of the more unethical, unsportsmanlike, and disgusting moments in history. Tanya Harding and Nancy Kerrigan were both great ice skaters, rivals on the rink evidently, but it was never suspected they had less than full respect for each other's achievements. Yet, in 1994, a man struck Kerrigan with a metal pole on her leg right before a U.S. figure skating championships. The video is dreadful, with her crying and screaming, obviously an unbelievable amount of pain. It wasn't suspected at all. At first, that Harding had anything to do with the attack, and she performed in the championships. Yet, amid suspicion, came out and declared that Harding, her now ex-husband, and her bodyguard had conspired together and hired the man to break her leg. At first, Harding was banned from skating, but after threatening to sue them, they accepted her back in the following Olympics. Harding placed eighth as the rehabilitated Kerrigan secured a silver medal, a feel-good moment in sports. Um... That is, if you've not seen that Margot Robbie movie, that that's the end all of the story. It's that it's so good. I mean, the story is just a shit show. Yes, yeah, yeah. I I mean, it's just a shit show through and through. I mean, everybody, everybody's a character in real life. I mean, the movie's just literally just regurgitating what happened. It's amazing. Yeah. So I saw the video um, of her being carried away, uh, you know, the real one. I'm sure we've all seen that one by now, but it's her right. being, you know, carried away on a stretcher, just holding her leg. So what happened was a guy just came and like bashed her in the leg with a, with a metal pipe, right? It was like that collapsible. Yeah, it was either a pipe or one of those collapsible jobs or whatever. Yeah, so that's, that's Harding versus Kerrigan. Um, yeah. check this one, check this one out, Tyler. This one, this one really appalled me, man. Like when I heard this one, um, in 2000, the Paralympic Spanish basketball team, uh, they were cheating at the Paralympics is a disgraceful thing to do. Yet. I think many, a fan would be astonished at how often it happens. Perhaps none were as shocking as the 2000 Paralympic Spanish basketball team. The Spanish team won a gold medal in a basketball tournament, and for a while it was deemed to be an honest and good victory. Yet a Spanish journalist revealed to the managers of the tournament that almost, that most of the players on the Spanish team had not been checked for any sort of mental disability. In fact, after further investigation, it revealed that 10 out of the 12 players were not mentally disabled, and Spain had just wanted to win a gold medal. Yeah. So, yeah. that's this was a fucked up story. Have you ever seen the movie The Ringer with uh, Johnny Knoxville? Yes. Yeah. It's, the, it's the same type of deal, man. Like, it's just fucking horrible. It, it like, is. Unfortunately, yes. But that, you know, that was a movie. This is the freaking Paralympics, man. That's just horrible. That's just really, really horrible. I think there was a, a documentary that came out recently about this. Was there? I, I believe there was. I, I don't remember what the hell it was on. 
Let me see. We need, we need to do better research. Uh, I'm going to look. I'm gonna I, look I think we really do. Yeah, I'm going to go into the next one if you want to take a look at that one. Yeah. Um, this one, the the person who did it actually just died. Um, this was the hand of God uh, story. Um, during the 1986 World Cup, Argentina, Argentina native Diego Maradona scored the most controversial and scandalous goal in soccer history. This match was a quarterfinal encounter between Argentina and England. At 0-0 at the 51st minute, Maradona, arguably the greatest football footballer ever, received a pass in front of the goal. He proceeded to tap the ball in with his hand. The ref, Tunisian Ali bin Nasser, did not blow his whistle and the goal stood. Diego went on to score another. And Argentina won the match, eventually the tournament for the second time in three cups. Maradona later admitted to cheating and gave his hand the name Hand of God. So... It's it's super fucked up that that you know he he admitted to cheating and you know called it an act of God after everything. Right. Um, that's just shameful, man. That's just fucking horrible. Um, the next one we have is another. Uh, who is this? Oh, the Patriots. Okay. Uh, Bill Belichick of the and the Patriots seemingly have ways of always getting back into the Super Bowl. Sadly, some of those ways are highly illegal. That's the headline. Um, in 2007, the Jets sent a complaint to commissioner of the NFL, Roger Goodell, that stated the Patriots had filmed their defensive coordinator's signals during a game. Goodell spoke with the Patriots, and it was found out that indeed the Patriots had filmed their signals. Belichick explained to Goodell and to the public how he had mastermind ma- misinterpreted, I'm sorry, misinterpreted the rules. And he was still docked a pretty huge $500,000. The situation's tenseness increased when it also found that they had taped the Rams practice in 2000. It went on for quite a while and many ways disastrous for the Patriots and for the NFL. Thus the nickname Spygate. Yeah, both have uh, evidently... Yeah, everything's a gate, man. I don't know what the hell's going on with this one. Yeah, both have evidently bounced back quite well. So, I don't know. Another slap on the wrist. Yeah, they really have. Charge. Uh, (laughs) Wow. This one was big too. Uh, and that, of course, is your boy, Mr. Livestrong himself, Tyler. I'm talking about one testicle, Lance Armstrong. Oh, uh, is that is that what he's known as, Mr. Livestrong? Uh, Livestrong, you know, the, when he had those stupid yellow bracelets. Oh, oh my God. That's right. Those bracelets. Yeah. Everyone had those bracelets. Yeah. And damn everyone who had that bracelet, by the way, too. If you're listening and you had one of those, damn you. you know. <laughs> and where the hell did you get those bracelets? seriously i have have no idea everybody had them and then nobody would say where they got them and you know what it went out as quickly as it went in so just like lance armstrong's testicle um still trying to find a mood ring for god's sake (laughs) so for years legendary cyclist lance armstrong denied cheating his way to a record seven tour de france titles but in 2013 armstrong told oprah winfrey he had used performance enhancing drugs to advance his cycling career Prior to his admission, Armstrong either resigned or was dropped from the board for various of various foundations. The U.S. Anti-Doping Agency stripped him of seven Tour de France titles and imposed a lifetime ban on him. The International Cycling Union also stripped Armstrong of his Tour de France titles and banned him from professional cycling for life. After his admission, the International Olympic Committee stripped him of the bronze medal he won at the 2000 Olympic Games in Sydney. So this is a person, you know, finally you see some justice done, man. 
Yeah. You know, finally, it's more than just a slap on the wrist because, like, you know, it's, I don't know, man. It's fucked up. Hey, it took um, you to third place uh, medal away. Yeah. Eat it. <laughs> yep. Uh, this is the final gate, I think, that we had on the on the episode here, uh, and that is deflate gate. And that was a National Football League, yeah, controversy and uh, controversy involving the allegation that the New England Patriots quarterback Tom Brady ordered the deliberate deflation of footballs used in the Patriots' victory against the Indianapolis Colts in the 2014 uh, AFC Championship game. The controversy resulted in Brady being suspended for four games. The team was fined one million dollars and forfeited two draft selections in 2016. So that was another big one. Um, that one did have some consequences. And we'd never hear the end of that from uh, from yeah. the fans of that team. It's yeah, just it's, it won't stop. No, that that's one that will not die. Um, no. This one that, that's actually, as popular as Watergate. Yeah, yeah, it really is. Um, this next one, I saw the documentary. It's really, really, really well done. Um, and that is the Sochi 2014 Olympics. Uh, it mm. was brought to light by the brilliant documentary uh, Icarus. Have you seen it, Tyler? No, uh, no, I have not. Really, really good one, man. It's really, really well done. There's a lot of ins and outs, and there's a lot like about the whole thing. You'll, you'll, you'll see. Um, Russia instilled a state-sponsored doping program across a number of different sports for the last fifty years. Tyler, according to whistleblower and and former director of Russia's nas- uh, national anti-doping laboratory, Doctor Grigory Rodchenkov. Although the accusations cover various sports in a long period of time, it chiefly concerns the 2014 Winter Olympics in Sochi. In 2016, McLaren report commissioned by WADA, which is the World Anti-Doping Agency, it showed that the state-directed fail-safe system operated for the protection of doped Russian athletes and that it could be shown that it was beyond reasonable doubt. Um, dude, they basically caught them red-handed, like doing like crazy stuff, like like manufacturing synthetic drugs just for the athletes like and this is over you know a span of 50 years dude so think how dominant they've been in in the olympics you know right and then damn and and it and it really puts an asterisk you know next to all of their wins which sucks you know there's people bust their ass to even place or get into the olympics and then they're doing you know they're just crushing everyone but every single person's on drugs that's right and finally the big one to close this out, Tyler, is the Houston Astros sign stealing. Um, this is what what I you know hinted at in the very very beginning. This is very interesting. Me and you being LA uh, natives, so you know we we were you know we got to see this happen. Um, the Houston Astros sign stealing scandal resulted from a series of rule breaking actions by the Houston Astros of Major League Baseball, whereby members of the Astros used technological aids to steal signs of opposing teams during the 2017 and 18 seasons. Uh, for years, some individuals on other teams had suspected the Astros of sign stealing. There was no public reporting on the subject until November 2019, when reporters Ken Rosenthal and even, uh, even, fuck, <laughs> Evan Drellick. <Uh-oh>. Yeah, <laughs> Evan Drellick at The Atlantic published an article dealing with the team's activities. Mike Fires, a pitcher who played for the Astros in 2017, told The Athletic that the organization used a video camera in the center field seats to film opposing catcher signals to the pitcher regarding the next pitch. Astros players or team staffers watching the live camera feed behind the dugout used various audio cues, 
such as that of banging a trash can. This is what they were caught red-handed for. Uh, banging a trash can to signal to the batter what type of pitch was coming next. MLB opened an investigation into the allegations and confirmed in January 2020 that the Astros uh, illegally used a camera system to steal signs during the 2017 regular season and postseason, during which they won a World Series, as well as in part of the 2018 season. Uh, MLB found no evidence of illicit sign stealing in the 2019 season, in which the Astros advanced in the World Series but lost in seven games to the Washington Nationals. I just remember the entire you know United States was against them winning. They really, really wanted them to lose after all the shit that they pulled. Um, yeah. They got caught. That's the country coming together. Yeah, really. It was really beautiful. But they, they got caught, and there's recordings of, of you know the, the batter being at the plate, and you just hear like a trash can being banged. And it's it's like it's so blatant, dude. It's so obvious. So they got caught for that, um, which is awesome. You know, fuck them. <laughs> wow. Um, recently, I heard, and this see, this, this is, is why no one should watch sports. Right? Said it. Yep. Ever since I can remember hearing the Super Bowl, I said we shouldn't watch this. No one should watch <laughs> this. Terrible. Um, I I was watching a, a documentary about people being like caught cheating, and there was a husband wife team on the British version of uh, Who Wants to Be a Millionaire, and the wife was sitting in the audience, and when the question was asked, the husband would repeat the A B C answers, the A B C or D answers. Oh yeah, dude, she would yeah. freaking cough. Every single time, it was her and one other plant that they had in the in the audience. So Dude, they that was the most like, unsubtle thing ever. Yeah, like, it, it was like a joke. It it was it was a nightmare, man. And the guy ended up winning the million dollars because he had you know the help of his wife and the random you know other guy that was you know there planted. They got caught for that. They got caught, and they're obviously she's right on camera coughing every single time. They're like, is it a? And then you hear, <laughs> you know, from the audience and everyone's like, everyone's like, dude, every single time, you know, every single time she would cough or another person would cough. And the guy would like, you know, he would start dramatizing it. He'd be like, um, you know, I was thinking it's B, so I, I might go with B. And then they're like, is that your final answer? Mm, no, I'm going to go with A. Let's do A. So it's like the guy was really acting until the last minute, you know? I mean, it was almost, I mean, it basically was him like, uh, I'm going with C. He All he basically had to do was turn around to his wife and just go, right? <laughs> I mean, it was it's so friggin' ridiculous. When you watch it, I mean, it's like something out of a friggin' comedy. Yeah, it really it's is something so out of comedy. It, it, it looks like a, a Saturday Night Live skit. Like, the only thing that could have been different is when they asked the questions, if the wife would have yelled herself, it's C. Like, that could have been you the only thing. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, right? <laughs> Um, I cough three times for a reason, chump. <laughs> uh, I have some numbers, Tyler. I have some they say for us. Um, are you interested in a little bit of they say, some numbers? Yes. So check this out. Um, more than 80% of all cyber attacks are phishing attacks. Uh, phishing attacks have increased over 600% since the start of COVID-19 pandemic. It's because a lot of Whoa. people have a lot of time to sit at home and, you know, plan coordinated attacks on how to fuck old people out of their retirement fund. Um, almost 65% of organizations have experienced a phishing attack in the last year. Uh, a new phishing attack is attempted, is attempted every 39 seconds. So there, there's 39. a number for you right there. 
every 39 seconds, dude. Um, wow. An estimated 90% of cyber attacks that result in data breach begin with a phishing email. And those are the emails where it says, please respond now. And, you know, don't be a dumbass. Like, don't respond with, you know, go fuck yourself or something like that. The best thing to do is to delete or report spam. Um, they're saying that you should never respond with, you know, trying to one up the person saying, hey, I know this is a spam because as soon as you answer them, they now have access to your, you know, your computer. So don't be a hero. Um 94% of phishing emails use malicious file attachments as the payload or infection source. And that's when they add a link to like, you know, uh, oh, please click this and it'll take you to the website. We just need you to fill out, you know, your driver license number or whatever it is. As soon as you click that link there, I mean, you're basically done. Um, Google estimates it blocks 18 million COVID scam, uh, COVID-19 scam emails a day from its 1.5 billion users. So they're they're trying to do their Jeez. part, but you know, eighteen million versus one point five billion, it's it's really really like a drop in the bucket. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, COVID nineteen. Yeah, there's a lot, dude. COVID nineteen has become the biggest phishing topic in history. Seventy five percent of phishing targets are found through web searches or common email address formats, and finally, sixty five percent of cyber criminals use phishing as their primary form of attack. So stay alert. Don't answer bullshit people. Um, the the easiest way to see is when you get a, a from your bank or something like you know any kind of financial institution. They'll always use your first and last name. They'll never say, "Hey, dear, whatever, whatever at AOL.com." You know, they'll never use that. They'll never say, "Hey, your first name." They're gonna say, "Dear first and last name," or "Hello first and last name," because they do have your information already. So anything that looks suspicious, yeah, also, always report. Like if it's like, let's say your bank is, um, we'll we'll use a defunct one like uh, Washington Mutual. You know, it'll mm-hmm. always be like washingtonmutual.com not washingtonmutual.org or dot yeah. co dot yeah. edu uh, obviously and check so for spelling like too yeah check for spelling too you don't yeah, want to say washington letters mutual out. without yeah without like an ing or something it'll just say washington you know without an o or they'll or they'll, they'll swap the uh the uh order of s and h or something like that yeah 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 so it's it's so subtle you'll never notice but just keep an eye out for things yeah. like that um what else do I have here? Dyslexics too must have a hard time. Yeah. <laughs> they just think every, everyone's trying to fish them, you know? Um, yeah. For this week's rest in peace segment, Tyler, I have someone interesting. Um, it's kind of a pyramid scheme, but it's kind of not. Okay. I mean, it depends who you ask because it's still going till today. And the rest in peace this week for our cheater and scam episode, episode 26, is a lady named Mary Kay Ash. Tyler, do you know who Mary Kay Ash is? Is that the teacher? Mary Kay of Mary Kay Cosmetics. Oh, no. You've seen you've seen you know a million of those cars driving around with that with that uh back window decal that says Mary Kay Cosmetics because they're individual sellers or however they call themselves. Are they the ones uh, that go door to door? They've gone door to door. They sell cosmetics, they sell um like things for for women. There's it's it's very, very, very intricate, it's very complex. Um they say it's not a pyramid scheme. It's still going till today, uh, for whatever that's worth. But okay. uh let me tell you about Mary Kay. 
Uh, Mary Kay Ash was born in May 12, 1918. She passed away November 22nd of 2001. She was an American businesswoman and founder of Mary Kay Cosmetics, Inc. At her death, her personal fortune was $98 million. Her company had more than $1.2 billion in sales and international sales force of more than 800000 in at least three dozen countries. Ash and her partners, which include her son, Richard, took the multi-level marketing company public in 1968. In 1985, <clears throat> the company's board decided to take the company private again after 17 years as a public company. Ash remained active in the Mary Kay Cosmetics until suffering a stroke in 1996. Richard Rogers was named CEO of Mary Kay Cosmetics in 2001. At the time of Ash's death, Mary Kay Cosmetics had 800,000 representatives in 37 countries with total annual sales of over $200 million. As of 2014, Mary Kay Cosmetics has more than 3 million consultants worldwide and wholesale volume in excess of 3 billion. So it's 3 million consultants? Uh yeah, 3 million consultants. It's it's a big big thing, dude. I mean, you see it everywhere. Damn. Um it's like a wonder, cult. Yeah, dude. I wanted to ask you Tyler just regarding like phishing and scam emails and, you know, all these cheaters and all these assholes. Have you ever had your card information stolen or your identity stolen? Yes. Yeah, it sucks. So I mean, luckily you, the bank kind of stepped in and the yeah. Right. Can you can you tell us like what happened? Like do you do you know what they bought? Like how did you find out about it? Um so basically I got a was it it was either a text or an email saying like, "Hey, something something weird's going on." And so I logged into my bank and someone bought I think it was 5 or 6 Hulu gift cards. But mm -hmm. at just like between like one and five dollars each. And the reason I guess they do that is to test to see if your card's working. Exactly. And so they, you know, it's a very small amount, so it might get by or whatever. But if you buy like, you know, five Hulu gift cards at five dollars each, it's going to start. It's that's a red flag automatically. Right. Um, but it was never more than that. And then they'll just say, you know, we're we're canceling. We have to. Unfortunately, we have to close this card. We'll send you a new card. So I had to wait a week to get a new card, but um, that was it. I mean, it's it's much better than other people. I know some people who, unfortunately, it seems like their credit card is stolen every year. I'm that I guy. I don't know how. I'm that guy. Are you that guy? I'm that guy. Oh, really? Me, Does it, it, you, you get it? Oh, wow. Let me tell you how often it happens to me, man. Um, the first time it happened to me was in 2008. I was working at a dental lab at that time and I had, you know, the company card um, and I got an email from Wells Fargo that they needed to talk to me and I thought it was a phishing email. So I went to the local branch and I said, hey, you know, I got this email. What's going on? Um, basically, the card was compromised and someone purchased, um, they got themselves a tattoo in New York. Um, it was at a tattoo parlor shop. They spent $1,200 on a tattoo and then $500 at a like pizza place. Oh so, my God. Yeah. Also like, which was blocks away from where the tattoo shop was. So yeah, again, you know, the bank, it's, it's the bank steps in, they cover your loss. The problem is, is an investigation opens. So obviously, you know, I'm not tied to it, but you know, an investigation opens, um, all of my, all of my bills are on auto pay. So now go, go and, you know, wait for a new card to come start, you know, putting your new card everywhere and you're going to get, you know, I, I always, every time it happens to me, 
I always forget, you know, one or two of my accounts that are on auto pay and I end up, you know, getting a fee or a late fee because they tried to charge my card and, you know, the card wasn't working. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's always the nightmare. Um, it happened to me another time where I went to Mexico and I used an ATM and someone did the same thing to me and I caught it over Black Friday. Um, they used my card f- to pull out like, you know, a dollar and then another dollar and then yeah. $500. And it's exactly what Tyler said. Um, when I when I spoke to someone, it alerted me right away because it was international. It's not like the New York one that took like, you know, a few days. This was international. And they said, you know, how did you use your credit card at, you know, at Target in California? And then two minutes later in an ATM in Mexico. Yeah. So... Um, when I was on the phone with my, with my, uh, card issuer, they told me they're like, that's, that's what they call knocking. They're knocking to see if anyone's home. It's exactly how Tyler, how Tyler described. Oh, so they said they're knocking on your door. Yeah. They're, they're saying, Hey, is this guy going to notice a dollar missing? Hey, is this guy going to notice $10 missing? Okay. So what about 500? You know, so it's called, it's called knocking is what they, is what is the term that he told me about it. But again, that was, you know, they called me, you know, and I had to, again, cancel every card I have and again, reissue all the cards. That was a nightmare. Um, (laughs) So what they told me is this happens from international ATMs. And they told me that this happens when you pump gas. They say go into the gas station and use your card there, not at the gas pump. Because they put skimmers on the gas pumps. And when you put in your card... And then you press in your PIN or your zip code, they have all your information. I'm not sure how that works, but that's what they told me. Um, okay. The last time this happened to me, <laughs> you see how freaking uh, frequent it happens? The last oh time. Oh my God. What are we, number three or four now? This would have been number four, I believe. Uh, the last time it happened to me, I was driving. I was in the car with my girlfriend. I had a phone. Uh, I had someone call me and it was an 800 number. It was a Saturday. And I'm like, who the hell is this? You know, and an 800 number too. I'm like, what the fuck? So I'm like, hello. And hi, this is, you know, so-and-so from this bank. I'm like, okay. Um, are you in Walmart right now? I said, no. Okay. Can you tell me what, what uh, state you're in right now? I said, I'm in California. She says, what zip code are you in? And, you know, I was afraid to give her information. I told her, right. I was like, can you tell me what this is regarding? And she said someone in, I don't remember what state it was. It was like Tennessee or somewhere east. Someone is purchasing a television at a Walmart with your credit card. So I was like, that's not me. And please close my card. So they closed my card. And again, the whole song and dance with, you know, trying to get everything back on auto pay, waiting a few days to get a new card issued. Nightmare from hell. Yeah. Um, I just wanted to share this this one last uh, thing. I have a friend who someone made a life insurance policy on his name. And then got, you know, a death certificate on his name, cashed out the life insurance policy. Yeah, dude, true story. Cashed out the life insurance policy. And my friend's life was ruined, dude. Like, it was completely ruined. Um, He had to carry around documents basically stating that he was a victim of a fraud and that he is not dead because they tried to basically, you know, when you have a death certificate issued in your name, they now freeze your bank account. They now freeze your mortgage, you know, whatever it may be. So he found out, you know, because his bank account was frozen, all his assets were frozen, that basically, you know, he had a death certificate issued in his name. So that was a nightmare to get out of. Holy shit. 
<clears throat> so was it was the death certificate actually real or is it? Someone, I mean, obviously yeah. it's it's in the system, I guess. Yeah, so it's it's real. Yes, yeah, so someone someone said, you know, this person first name last name social has passed away, and oh, they did. Man. Yeah, they did that. They got you know they got the life insurance policy. That's the biggest. That's the biggest amount of money I've ever you know seen anyone get effed out of. But it wasn't him taking the loss. He just had to you know suffer through the fallout of of you know uh, proving that he's alive every time he goes to the bank and that he is a real person. So that was that was a nightmare. What does he just uh, wear like a pulse monitor too, just in case? <laughs> yeah, yeah, you, yeah. You can, yeah. He walks around with a stethoscope so people can, you know, use it and, and hear that <laughs> his heartbeat is real. Um, I'm, I'm alive here. Listen. Yeah, uh, I wanted to get into the song of the days, and then I have a surprise for you, and I have a surprise for everyone. Um, so, what All is right. your song of the day, Tyler? So jumping on the current pop culture bandwagon, uh, I'm a fan too. We got to go with the song Agatha's All. It was Agatha All Along from uh, WandaVision. Great show, by the way. You know, I never saw it. Uh, it's good. I, I, I guess a lot of people hate the first two episodes, but it, it gets very Marvel-y. Um, okay. Into it. I love the first. I loved all of it. So it's, that was great. All right. Um, my song my song of the day is by Kanye West it's a song called Power I love that song that's the song that is in the beginning of every workout playlist I've ever had so that is Kanye West Power what era um, of Kanye is it when he was still a normal person ah uh, okay <laughs> um, if that if that helps um, that does I have a, yeah, yeah I, ha- I have a surprise Tyler I have a surprise for everyone um, we're talking about, you know, scams and cheating and all that. And I'm going to help you all cheat. I'm going to help you all be fucking heroes. Um, you can take the credit for this. I'm going to give credit where credit's due. I saw this from a gentleman named Adam Ragusia. Uh, he has a huge, huge, huge YouTube uh, cooking channel. His name is Adam Ragusia. Um, I found out. And let me send Tyler a picture. I'm sending this picture to Tyler live. Like we talked about this, but I didn't show him the picture because I wanted his reaction along with all of yours. There is something that you can cook with. It's called sodium citrate. It's a powder. Um, If you add this to anything, like any cheese, it melts. It melts the cheese, Tyler. It melts it into like a liquid, like a clean, clean, clean liquid. So a lot of people have always wondered... It is safe. It is for cooking. It's called sodium citrate. Um, You know how like the the consistency of nacho cheese is? Yeah. That's because they use sodium citrate. So that's my that's my hack for all of you guys. Uh, Let me send you Tyler. I'm going to send you some pictures, Tyler. Take a look at your at your uh, messenger. Give me one second. I'm sorry. This sounds unprofessional. I just wanted Tyler's reaction to be live, you know, for all of you. Um, give me one second. I'm sending it. Got some pepper jack in the fridge. I might have to find some uh, carbonite or whatever it's called. <laughs> I'm about to change everyone's life. Tyler, take a look. Take a look at what I just sent you. I just, I just want you to describe how the how it looks to everyone. All just right. describe what you're seeing. Give me one second. Oh, I see some. Uh, is it rigatoni? So that that was the noodles. Really that's the only noodles I had. But look at the cheese, Tyler. Oh my god, this is like that Thanksgiving one here. Look how creamy and nice. Oh my god. Oh my this god. This is insane. Tyler. I've become 
I, dude, I've become a freaking mac and cheese whore bigger than I've ever been before. Um, Can I lick that spoon? You still got that spoon? <laughs> you know what? Ooh. I put it in the dishwasher, but there was no need because I licked that fucking spoon. Like you could have, you could have put it mm. back on the shelf, man. So you see the consistency of of the cheese. It's perfect. There's not a lump or anything there's, in there. There's perfect. not a lump or anything in there. So I'm going to tell you all my recipe and the way we're going to be cheaters is we're going to use sodium citrate and it's going to make you the creamiest, most velvety cheese ever. Mm. So the way I made this was, um, this is, there's a lot of secrets in here, Tyler. Um, for a base of the cheese, I use Campbell's 10 and a half ounce cheddar cheese soup. So that's already giving us okay. like a good amount of a good amount of liquid. Uh, what we're boiling is 16 ounces of noodles. This should easily be enough for two or three people. I'm a fat piece of shit and I ate it all by myself. That's <laughs> what I was just going to say. It's enough for one, really. <laughs> yeah, this, this is a single serving for me and Tyler. But you guys are, you know, you guys are better than us and you have self-control and we believe and love you. So 16 ounces of noodles. Uh, oh. 16 ounces of noodles, just boil that. Take... 10 and a half ounces of a Campbell's cheddar cheese soup. It's one can. Pour that into a, you know, a saucepan. Um, we're going to use Velveeta. We're going to use one inch and we're going to cube the, the Velveeta. Go ahead and drop that in there. Four ounces of cheddar cheese shredded. Four ounces of shredded Gouda cheese. And then <laughs> one tablespoon of sodium citrate. Just mix it, you know, just mix it, mix it, mix it, mix it, mix it. Uh, strain the noodles, pour your cheese sauce over it. You guys are going to be fucking, you know, licking your fingers and remember me when you are just fucking think of me and just, you know, just enjoy it. Um, that is the official mac and cheese of team TNA. So where you can get creative with this is all I recommend you do is use the Campbell's 10 and a half ounce cheddar cheese soup. After that, use any kind of, any kind of cheese you want. As long as you use a tablespoon of sodium citrate. Uh, I'm trying to find the the what sodium citrate like just the package looks like. Is there a so, brand? Um there is a brand. We got it on Amazon. It's a couple bucks, dude. It's just a couple bucks. But but it's spelled sodium S O D I U M. And the second word is, is citrate. C I It's a powder. It's a powder. It is a powder. It's a white okay, powder. Okay, I got it. Be careful. It's a little bit salty. The sodium citrate is well, a little bit salty. So keep that in sodium mind. sodium as the first word there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sodium as the first. Not everyone knows, you know, but sodium, you know, when you think of salt, it, it is automatically sodium for anyone that doesn't know that. But sodium citrate is our cheater. That's how we're going to do it from now on. This has changed my life because you can make any kind of mac and cheese. Like you can make Gouda mac and cheese. You can make, uh, what do you have? Monterey cheddar, uh, Monterey Jack cheddar uh, um, uh, macaroni. Oh, Monterey Jack, make, yeah any kind you want. So sodium citrate is our cheater. It's our hero. Keep that between us or spread the word, whatever you want. But macaroni and cheese will never, ever, ever be the same. And, and Tyler, it keeps it from separating. So you don't, you get so much less of that film. So yeah, we really, My really nipples are hard. <laughs> we ended this episode on a high Tyler's nipples are hard. Um, Tyler, can I plug the next episode? Absolutely. Episode, yeah, you guys hear Tyler's voice right now? Like, he's not even with us anymore. Tyler is already, you know, he's already <laughs> on the way to the fridge. <laughs> I'm literally Googling mac and cheese pictures with uh, <laughs> sodium citrate. That's what I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs>
I believe it. So sodium citrate, <laughs> Tyler. Um, Tyler's already, you know, it's already in Amazon's uh, shopping cart for Tyler. Um, <laughs> it's it's a couple bucks, Tyler. Don't overpay for it. I didn't pay more than ten dollars for it. Um, Everyone's mac and cheese looks amazing. It's like I'm there's te- no failure here. I'm telling, dude, you cannot fail. You cannot fail. You cannot fail. I'm telling you guys, you guys are gonna love me. Um, mm. Next week on episode 27, this is an episode very, very, very near to Mr. Tyler. Uh, this is our crime and punishment episode. We're going to be talking about all of Tyler's <laughs> favorite things. Be be careful how you phrase it. I don't, I don't <laughs> get people alarmed. So Tyler's not a, uh, a psychopath serial killer, but he does like hearing about and knowing about Absolutely. and investigating about serial killers, um, the longest prison sentences ever, silly and outdated laws. Uh, he's going to give us a bunch of documentaries, movies about real crime. There's going to be a lot, a lot of fun stuff. That's going to be episode 27 next Wednesday. Um, if anyone uses sodium citrate, fuck, man. Just like, you know, I want, I want feedback. Send your photos. Send your yeah, photos, yeah. man. I want feedback. We are going to have an Instagram. I'm working on it ASAP. We are going to have an Instagram. This is about to become a much more interactive show. We're going to put up hot sauces. We're going to put up, you know, episode clips, uh, pictures of, of Tyler the nude. Um, just all kinds Ooh. of, you know. <laughs> what are yeah, we only fans too are we yeah, setting up that too yeah we're gonna make an only fans where you get to see us stirring pots of mac and cheese with sodium citrate in the nude in the nude off camera <laughs> yeah so yeah send your photos send send what cheeses you use or what other ingredients shout it out yeah Try we want to know we want to know everything um oh one more thing one more thing i swear i know we ran long one more thing tyler don't what, what hot sauce were you using in your mac and cheese that changed your life um uh 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 sriracha right it was yeah sriracha was one of them i actually have a new one for you Ooh. okay uh yeah it was sriracha yeah sriracha i guess was the original one that i started putting mac and cheese um hot get this hot honey it's literally honey let me see if i can get the actual name on uh, i just got it over the weekend uh, threw it on some uh, chicken fingers to try it. It's okay. crazy. So you got. Um, let me get you the actual name here. Yeah, it's called Mike's yeah, Hot Honey. I've heard of this. Mike's Hot Honey. Yeah. So you you dip the the chicken in and you put it and you, it just tastes like honey and with the chicken. So it's automatically just good. But then the heat just slowly creep creeps up on you and then it's just like, all right, we're spicy now. We're, nice. We're, you had your sweet. Yeah, it's great. Uh, another nice. one is a uh, heartbeat uh, hot sauce, the scorpion sauce, also very good. Both come in squeeze bottles. Which Tyler I got and I are from, advocates uh, of that. I got the recommended from the site, the Heatnist, who supplies uh, the hot ones. Their hot sauce. Nice, nice. Yeah, heartbeat. Good hot okay. sauce is coming. Right on, man. This was a really surprise for everyone that stuck with it. They got to hear how to make the best flawless mac and cheese. They got some hot sauce recommendations. Um, and the plug for next week. scams and got mac and cheese. <laughs> well, now we're all cheaters. Now we all know how to cheat our way to the flawless mac and cheese. Uh, anything right. else? Uh, that'll do it. All right. We'll see you guys next week. See ya.